Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. WEEI Studios. Brought to you by DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. The home of the Red Sox. 93.7 WEEI FM and HD1. Lawrence, Boston. An Odyssey station. Now, we're right back to it. Fitzy and Hart on WEEI. And streaming everywhere on the Odyssey app. Fitzy and Hart, Fenway Park, coming into our number three on a beautiful Sunday afternoon in the city of Boston. I'm Andy Hart. Kyrie Thompson is filling in for Nick Fitzy Stevens here. And this hour of Fitzy and Hart is brought to you by the cleanup and restoration specialists at ServPro. Call 1-800-SERVE-PRO. And Kyrie Thompson, you've uh, come across something on the uh, internet this morning. Tom E. Curran of NBC Sports Boston talked to Ed McCaffrey, formerly obvious, well, He's the father of Christian McCaffrey, who stunningly to me is still seen as like the elite fantasy football running back. But we're not going to get into that. We're going to find out about Ed McCaffrey's experience with the Denver Broncos, zone runs, outside zone runs, and obviously a lot of talk about the Patriots going into the zone running schemes. So uh, what did you unearth from Tommy Curran on the web? Yeah, so I found this this morning and basically it was uh, the discussion has been so heavily about like what is this offensive system why does it look so bad are the Patriots just going to abandon it and go back to all the old stuff because of how hideous the outside zone has looked at least especially on Monday it got a little bit better on Tuesday though we mentioned that that was more of a half speed practice but to go back to this uh, Tom E. Curran decided to talk with Ed McCaffrey who played for Mike Shanahan in Denver who was one of the the biggest purveyors and proponents of the outside zone offense. By the way, apparently in there, uh, uh, McCaffrey mentioned, sometimes people get offended when you call it outside zone. It's like you're supposed to call it wide zone or inside tight zone or something like that. So, okay, things that uh, things that I uh, should have uh, perhaps read up on. But then uh, they go on to call it outside zone yeah. throughout the rest of the I gotta article. tell you, anybody who gets offended by how I call it zone is probably not somebody I want to have a beer with. <laughs> well... <laughs> But would you have them coaching your team instead of Matt Patricia? Uh, probably. That, that's the And just a quick tie-in here. You brought up Mike Shanahan. Bill Belichick, Mike Shanahan, tight. Bill Belichick, one of the things that astounded me most, he rarely speaks at the NFL Combine, and years ago, after Mike Shanahan was fired, he opened with this long monologue about how he just doesn't understand an NFL world where Mike Shanahan doesn't have a job. So Bill Belichick's respect for Mike Shanahan and what he did with the Denver Broncos is is really high. And I don't know if that matters in this discussion of the new offense and the zone running scheme and all that, or doesn't matter. I just wanted to lay it out there. Yeah, no, absolutely. And well, I, I think that, I can't remember if we were having this discussion elsewhere, uh, but the idea that 
Bill Belichick has been looking at that Shanahan offense, the Shanahan tree of doing things for a very long mm -hmm. time as a, man, I really like the way this looks and how quarterback friendly it has been. The fact that you could take a quarterback like Matt Ryan or Jimmy Garoppolo or Jared Goff or insert whomever here, and all of a sudden you could just have them you know, go into the Super Bowl. Right. Right. Um, and, and it doesn't matter how mobile they are, though. I think that some of these, you know, more recent By the way, iterations. Super Bowl, but. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Matt Ryan, and Jimmy right. Garoppolo. I was just thinking about it. Like, as yeah, it's like did listed they, them. Did they win? <laughs> you know, and actually they lost to the Patriots. But yep. Times. But OK. Anyway, the, the idea, though, that he was looking at that for a long time as a system that he admired and wanted to implement is very interesting. Now, there is a lot of really granular stuff in this article that you know you got to kind of parse through in terms of the different personnel groups and how you run outside zone out of it and the different motions and and ways that the offensive line you know needs to move but i think the main thing that caught my eye here was is something that hearkened back to some of the the comments that have come out about the offensive line apparently changing their communications yep. in, in order to fit this new offense. And why are they doing that? Like, why don't you just keep the same communications that you always had, which almost goes back to the conversation we had yesterday. Why change the, you know, Josh McDaniels offense in the first place? Well, here's what McCaffrey said. Think of wide zone as a whole language in and of itself. And with that, you only have so much time in a day to get really good at something. And that's the question for head coaches and coordinators. What do we want to be great at? If you want to be great at outside zone, you got to spend a lot of time running it. And he mentions you then it's not just the running plays. It's the fact that you're running play action off of those plays and you're doing those boots and all, all those yep. things that we that we've been talking about, which coincidentally, the running plays haven't looked good and the play action they've been doing off those running plays hasn't looked good because I just don't think that they have been where they are supposed to be. But the, the other thing that, that jumps out in terms of the time that it takes and why they apparently have been repping this over and over and over and over again, he says, look, if you haven't done it, it just takes time to install this scheme. Just one play is really like 20 plays because of the variation in personnel and options. And, and that really hit me because... I mean, look, I, I think that really that can apply to, to a lot of different plays, right? Because if, if, yeah. you're, if you're playing, you know, a 30 front versus a 40 front, you know, three down linemen versus four down linemen, or, oh, this is, this is an over front versus an under front, like depending on where the, the tackle is, right? And, or if a linebacker walks in there, there are so many different variations you have to be prepared for on any given play in order to get the blocking scheme down. But... It's again the idea that you're you're blocking more of an area than a than a man potentially makes that even more complicated because think about all the different people that can flit in and out of your area that you have to keep in mind when when you're out there. So I I think that that has really seemed to manifest itself the idea that you can you can almost see the offensive line overthinking this when they're running these plays and then on some of the plays one thing that was brought up a little bit from this uh, this past Thursday night game, the backside tackles not quite being able to, to cut off the backside pursuit and it leading to, to, to run stuffs on plays that could have gone for bigger gains. So it's interesting because I like how Ed McCaffrey articulates this and the complexities of it and, and sort of gives a little more clarity to what we've all been talking about vaguely. Yeah. But also, doesn't Bill Belichick know this? Like, he's a smart man. Of he has connections yeah. to anybody he wants to talk to. Mike Shanahan, any Shanahan, any coach, anybody, anywhere will answer the phone if Bill Belichick calls. That's just the reality. Um, so he knows the investment of time, and he undertook it with the desire to make his offense better or whatever it's going to be. But I would also then extend and hearken back to our discussion with Doug Kide, who said, you know, wouldn't you want your offense to get reps? Well, yeah. if this is a long process, an arduous process, a, don't you want them to get reps? Or does that actually play into this idea that they're not ready yet to even get those game reps. You don't want to embarrass yourself on a game field. You don't want to put whatever out there on the game field that, that would have happened if, if they were as ugly as they were earlier in, the, in the, the training camp practices. And then the next level is this idea that are they ever going to pull the plug? Like, is it something that's just not attainable? Did they, did they you know, take too big of a bite here for the offseason and for this offense? And this idea they're just going to scrap it and go back to what they've always done, which I don't love. 
No, if, no, 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 no. If you thought it was worth it, Bill Belichick, we talked about earlier, in Bill We Trust, if you thought it was worth it to make these changes, to go in this direction, now was the opportunity. Josh is gone. McDaniels is gone. Now's the time to do this. I've been thinking about this for years, maybe. Yep. And now is the time to do this. Then stick with it, right? Stick to your guns and understand what Ed McCaffrey's saying. It's a process, as Bill has said. Like, there's going to be some, some struggles because it's hard because there's a lot going on here. But you decided you wanted to do this and the payoff, whenever it comes, will be worth it. And, and there's so much of a time investment so that if you throw it out the window, then you just wasted a ton of your time. And yeah, maybe you had these plays in your back pocket that you can just kind of convert the offense, which I mean, they've done so many times throughout the years. But again, I, I feel like you don't, as you mentioned, you don't undertake this kind of offensive change or, or like rep all of these plays for it to be absolutely nothing. And that was one thing that I think people were kind of like, eh, you know, maybe they're, uh, you know, just kind of doing this to give you a look when, we, when they were doing it in OTAs and minicamp. Like, oh, we'll, we'll, we'll see about this. And then they kept running it over and over and over and over again. And then we get into training camp and it's the same thing. They're repping it over and over and over and over again. It's clear that this is not an accident. They, are, they, right. they clearly want to implement this system and have it be, if not the app, the, overwhelming majority of their offense at least more of an offense more of a piece of their offense than they have because again you could look at pro football focus and you can see they've been at the bottom of outside zone running plays in recent years they've been more of a downhill you know gap scheme kind of thing the interesting the other part about this is is the fact that you can look at those combo blocks that ed mccaffrey's talking about here there's a lot there's double teams at the point of attack right you you, you double on the nose and then one guy shoots off and gets the linebacker these are things that are not unlike what you do in some of these duo schemes, yep. right? That the Patriots like to run. Things that we've seen them do little tiny bits of in training camp so far. The, the key is that one of them is going straight ahead. Like I'm heading straight at the middle linebacker on one of these plays. And the other one is, okay, we're flowing down the line of scrimmage. So the theory of it is, is similar and yet different. But the key is that they can play off of each other. So as McCaffrey mentions, it's like you can run variations off of this and you can be good at multiple things at once. But again, the question is, what are you hanging your hat on? Right now, it feels like they want to hang their hat on being an outside zone team, which means that that's going to take time. That's how it feels, though. We'll see if it actually ends up that way. So do you, do you think they have the, uh, I guess I'll call it the stick to to continue down this road, regardless of the results, if there is struggles in the preseason, if there are continued struggles in practice, if there are continued struggles into the regular season, do they have the intestinal fortitude to really sludge through it with the idea that there is a payoff? I mean, absolutely, they do. I, I feel like I have no doubt about the fact that they have the stones to do it. I think the question just becomes like, look, okay, maybe we don't have to do this. Maybe instead of it becoming something we're running outside zone related plays 80% of the time, we'll bump it back down to 60 and incorporate some of those other things that we're a little bit better at. But right? can you can be good at the out? 60? See, that's the issue. Here. Not necessarily the, the volume is the, the positive results of whatever, whenever you run it at a relatively high level, not just a change of pace, but it is a sort of core principle on some level of your offense. Can you be good enough at it, or does frustration set in? Does with yeah. the running backs, with the line guys that have had success that have done certain things, does frustration set in, and is in, and in, and then are you in? A I mean, at, bad place. I mean, at some point, if it continues to fail through like three, four, five weeks of the season, yeah, the frustration is going to set in, and I feel like there's going to be a bit more of a change there. But do they abandon it altogether? Probably not, and I don't know that that benefits them to abandon it altogether in the first place. I think they do got to keep on grinding it out at this point because of the time investment and because of the fact that some of your players, like a Tyquan Thornton or a Nelson Aguilar or a Jonu Smith, are benefiting from this. Mm -hmm. So don't all of a sudden throw the baby out with bathwater in a way. At, at the same time, and, and there's also the fact that they've had little, little bits of success here and there, little pockets of success where you're like, okay, that's how it's supposed to look. They've just been too far, you know, few and far between right now. The funny thing is, I think this is one of these examples that people would look back on and say, you could have done this with Brady because you can sludge through a you September. You could have done this with Brady. Right, but, but even have the struggles because you could sludge through a September knowing when we hit our stride, 
we're going to be good enough. We will win games late in the year. We'll still get to where we want to be in this Patriots team with this level of talent and the level of competition that's elsewhere in the AFC. Those lost games, lost opportunities while you're learning on the fly, while you're still trying to institute newness. I don't know that the confidence will be there. Like, we'll figure it out in time. We'll get to where we want to be eventually. And I think that is sort of the big picture concern as you move forward with Mac Jones and the talent that he has to work with. So it's an interesting topic uh, that we will continue to talk a little bit about. We After the break, we will talk to NFL Network's Mike Giardi, friend of the show. I believe one of the more versatile men in sports media, uh, certainly knowledgeable about all things Patriots, all things NFL. This is uh, Fitzy and Hart from Fenway Park. We are talking Red Sox. We're talking Patriots. And after the break and after the trend, we'll be talking to Mike Giardi. The Greg Hill Show, weekdays 6 to 10. Now, here's what's trending on WEEI. First of all, that top of the hour was brought to you by the cleanup and restoration specialist at ServPro. Call 1-800-SERVE-PRO. And this trending is brought to you by New England Ford. Tune in to WEEI this Red Sox season as they broadcast live from our Ford clubhouse Fenway studio before Red Sox weekend home games. That's where we are right now. If you're around here, give us a shout out. Come say hi, wave through the windows. We love that. Brought to you by your New England Ford dealers and Ford Trucks, official truck of the Boston Red Sox. The Sox fell to the Yankees 3-2 last night. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa was a one-man thorn in the Red Sox side. He had a two-run homer in the fifth and hit the game-winning safety squeeze in the ninth inning. All three runs for the Yankees. Sox wrap up the three-game series with the Yankees tonight. First pitch is set for 7 p.m. with Michael Walker expected to start. You can catch the Red Sox pregame show with Brian Barrett at 6 p.m. before the game right here on the Shaw's and Star Market. WEEI Red Sox Network, by the way. Catch the the metrics man before he's gone. He leaves on Thursday. We are all very sad. Around the NFL, the injury to Jets quarterback Zach Wilson's knee appears to not be as serious as we thought it was despite some initial, uh, some initial reports that he might have been uh, missing the entire season with an ACL injury. Now it's believed to be a bone bruise as well as a torn meniscus. Ian Rappaport reported Wilson is expected to have surgery and the Jets are hoping to have him ready to go for week one of the season. That said, I've seen Adam Schefter just report that Wilson is flying to Los Angeles to undergo his knee procedure. They're optimistic, but he's not out of the woods until they get in there and make the decision, according to Jets head coach Robert Sala. Finally, the New England Revolution picked up a 1-0 victory over the D.C. United. Carlos Gill notched his fifth goal of the season as the Revolution moved to eight wins, nine draws, seven losses on the season. And that was your trending on WEEI. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there.
there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Fitzy and Hart live from Fenway Park, our Ford Fenway Clubhouse Studios. I'm Andy Hart, Kyrie Thompson from WEEI.com, and the first in Foxborough podcast filling in for Fitzy, who's vacationing and having fun somewhere. I believe last night I saw he was at a minor league baseball game enjoying one of his uh, famous IPAs or craft beers or whatever it is. And uh, another guy who likes to partake in uh, adult beverages joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, NFL Network's Mike Giardi. Thank you for joining us, Mike. And right off the bat, I'm not going to lead the witness. I'm not going to do anything other than what are your thoughts on the process that is the Patriots coaching staff? Go ahead, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) There it is. There's your answer right there. No, uh, (laughs) look, it it is incredibly confusing, obviously. And the more I think about what we saw uh, on Thursday after what we had seen for the, for the entirety of summer, and let's be real, you guys have been there, um, even though people have pointed out, well, Joe Judge is calling some plays. He's been calling seven-on-sevens when Patricia's working with the O-line, and he's been doing 11-on-elevens when he's got the second team, but never the first team. Right. So um, it was clear to me that it's Patricia's offense, or you know, he's in charge of the offense, and I think we even saw – Either it was between the first or second series where he got the offense together as a group and everybody else listened in, including Joe Judge, like it's his group. And then all of a sudden Joe's calling plays the rest of the game. And it leads me to think that if we see the same sort of setup again on Friday, that they are grooming Joe to be the guy. And whether that's to be the guy in two weeks or whether that's to be the guy six weeks from now or to be the guy next year, um, it just it's too odd of a setup to not think that Joe is is being you know propped up and, and groomed for that position at some point. See, that's wild because we were talking in the previous segment about all the time it takes to run the outside zone offense and think about all the time that has been invested in Matt Patricia being the the play caller during you know every competitive or like mostly competitive team segment and even seven on sevens like he will leave the offensive line and come over and call plays during seven on sevens and then the idea that oh yeah like we're gonna spend some time on joe judge why why do that why invest that time in matt patricia you know ostensibly being the guy this entire time and they'd be like okay well now let's uh play around and have matt patricia uh, you know, being the offensive line coach, like we put in his title, and then having Joe Judge call basically what? How every series after the second one? Why do that when you have so many questions on this offense? Well, I mean, someone who felt like they wanted to explain themselves, who happened to be a head coach of the football team, could easily do that. <laughs> yeah. This head coach does, does not want to do that um, for whatever reason. Remember, don't worry about it, which might yeah. be yep. the line of the year. At least the early favorite. Don't worry about it. I'm not worried about it, but I'm I am curious about it. Um, and I, I guess if you want to look further down the line, if you want to say, well, okay, look, Matt's invested. They've invested too much time in Matt calling the plays this year. And while yes, they're getting Joe reps, the reps aren't for this year. They're for next year. Mm. Being that maybe Gerard Mayo is not here next year. I think you know he was obviously a, a strong candidate in mm. a couple places to be a head coach. Um, I think he would love to be a head coach sooner rather than later. If that opportunity comes up for him, he goes. Maybe Matt goes back to the defensive side with Steven. Um, you know, and then, okay, well, we've groomed Joe to be this guy now, the quarterback's coach slash, you know, offensive coordinator in waiting. But, look, it's, it's curious. I, I don't – the only team I can think of in recent history that had so much confusion about the offensive coordinator was 
Brian Flores' Dolphins last year. They started with two, George Gotze and Eric Studesville, the running backs coach, but Gotze was basically the play designer, play caller. Gotze gets uh, COVID before the preseason, first game, and they have a nice first game with Studesville and Charlie Fry, the quarterback's coach, calling the game. And when Godsey comes back, Godsey's not the offensive coordinator anymore. And they're letting Charlie Fry, the quarterback's coach, call the plays. And Charlie Fry called the plays for a bunch of weeks. And then when it went sideways, what were they, one and seven or whatever? Oh, hey, you know what? Maybe George Godsey, who's experienced uh, and has called plays once or twice in his life, maybe he should come back and do it. And he did. And then they went on a tear. Mind you, they beat up some bad opponents. But regardless, they won a bunch of games with a real offensive coordinator. Um, so, but, I mean, then try to think of other places. Yeah, every once in a while maybe an OC gets bounced when things are disastrous. But this is curious, to say the least. One thing I found interesting Thursday night was that Brian Dable, head coach of the Giants, a noted play caller in many stops around the league, Josh Allen benefited from him, is not calling the plays currently for the Giants. Mike Kafka, his offensive coordinator, yep. is calling the plays. And when asked about it post game, he talked about how hard it is to call plays and how much time you spend the night before and the morning of the game thinking and planning and going through this whole process. And it made me think about the Patriots situation under those parameters to some degree. Wouldn't you want Matt Patricia to get as many reps as possible calling plays in a game environment as possible? Because as much as he's doing it on the practice field, that's a pretty scripted, controlled environment, and he's not getting the actual game preparation. So to waste reps planning for next year with Joe Judge, I feel like you're not prioritizing this year. It's an awesome point. And to, hey, to sort of back that point up, Ken Dorsey yesterday, you know, first-time offensive coordinator for the Buffalo Bills, worked under Dable there, um, was the quarterback's coach. He has a great relationship with Josh Allen, which is in part, I mean, not the full reason. Obviously, they must think highly of him, but it's part of the reason he got the gig, right? They stay in-house, they give it to this guy. And yesterday, after the game, Sean McDermott was asked about how Dorsey performed. Uh, and he was like, well, look, there were some, we had some lulls and we had some issues. And there were some things that we scripted that we couldn't go to, but then Ken eventually found his way in the second half and found a good rhythm of play calling. And that's what this is all about. To your point, what Dable said, or I remember asking Josh um, at the Combine about it, you never feel comfortable as a play caller. And we're talking about guys that have done it in McDaniels and Dable at a high level, in, in Josh's case, for almost two decades. And he said, you never feel comfortable. There's always something. There's always a change. There's always something that doesn't go the way you want. Somebody gets hurt, and you have to adjust on the fly. And, yeah, you, I mean, you want all those reps, I would think. So, again, that takes us back to maybe Joe's the guy sooner rather than later. It just – the whole thing is very curious, and I can't help but think that Bill is in his office somewhere or uh, on a beach in Nantucket right now with his feet oh. up. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Are you, say, are you saying that having two days <laughs> off this weekend, maybe Bill took a little extra summer beach time, got away? What happened to no days off, right? Like days off everywhere. Uh, yeah, that was, that was a few years ago, the no, no days off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, speaking of things that, uh, you know, growing comfort, not having that comfort right now, and things that, you know, generally could use some more reps, just generally the offense. And obviously we're all there for Monday and how much of an unmitigated disaster that was. Uh, for the first team offense in particular. And you know, we, were, we were reading this article that was written by Tommy Curran where he talked to Ed, McCra Ed McCaffrey from the Denver Broncos who played under Mike Shanahan, who ran that offense, and, and he gave some insights into just how time-consuming it is. And that in a lot of ways, one play is kind of like 20 plays when you're installing it because of all the personnel groups that you, uh, you know, could run it out of and all of the different variations that could be on the defensive fronts that you might have to block. And so given the amount of time we have seen them invest in running, you know, these, these wide zones and inside zones and all, all of that entire scheme from OTAs through minicamp and now through training camp, do you see a scenario in which this goes so poorly, like through the rest of training camp or into the first couple of weeks of the season where they say, you know what, I don't think we can run this. We need to just go back wholesale to the things that we've been doing before. 
Well, I mean, we saw basically what they did before on Thursday night. And I know, look, there's no game plan to it. You're just sort of running plays and and sequencing, and and you're looking to get people certain looks and whatnot, and your offensive coordinators' repetitions, apparently. But Bill talked about it about a week ago, right, about the idea of, like, and it was more general speaking, but, like, yeah, there comes a point when you're doing something, if you're just beating your head against the wall, if it's not working – then you have to look at it and say, do we invest more time in this, or do we just say, nope, that's not what we are, move on, get to the next thing. And, yeah, I suppose there could be a scenario, because, look, obviously it's, it's looked poor in the first couple of weeks. And, you know, for the talk about it during OTAs, I mean, what, what the hell are you really learning in OTAs? Okay, so they're putting in this stuff, but we don't know how it looks and how it runs. If they have a bad week this week against Carolina uh, with the joint practices, where, again, things will be scripted, but you're going against – you know, other other guys are trying to make plays and impress coaches. Um, it could happen sooner rather than later. I, I you know, there, there's just it's hard to tell. Again, the 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 messaging has been so mixed, and the frustration from key players on the offense has been clear. That you know, how much longer do you want them to beat their heads into the wall until they say like, all right, we we this is stupid. Let's just let's just go back to what we were, and you know, maybe as the season goes along, we can work in this or that. Um, but at this point, to try to be more all in on this doesn't make any sense. Mike, did you settle on sort of a, a reason or a comfort level as to why uh, Bill Belichick's quote unquote starters, top line players didn't play at least a series or two in the, the preseason opener? Was it was it to protect them? Were they not ready for it? Is it simple, you know, fixation on the joint practices? We'll get our work this week and next. Did, did you come to some understanding of why nobody played? Yeah, I think it's more of a fixation on what's about to come where you can sort of control um, the sequencing of what you're, what you're doing. And obviously you can make sure your quarterback doesn't take a rib shot when you can't pass protect the first two weeks of training camp, things like that. But I, I do believe it's more about knowing that you have not only this week, but then next week with the Raiders, you have these you know, opportunities that I think Bill values equally if not more than the preseason games. I mean, obviously with the preseason stuff, the actual game itself, it's good to see Tyquan Thornton get out there and just play against somebody else and play during, you know, the whole sequencing of a game and all the things that go on. But I think by and large, Bill will look at Tuesday and Wednesday of this week as far more important than than Friday. So with that, um, we've kicked around, you know, Mac Jones and what do we want to see from him in his in his second season? Is he going to be hurt by this you know, the, these new offensive schemes that they're that they're trying to run? Like, is it is it going to hamper him? Is the coaching staff going to hamper him? This is going to be the first time in 2022 on Tuesday and Wednesday, and also a little bit on Friday potentially that we're going to see him play against an opponent that's not the New England Patriots. When we when we take that in. What do you think you would like to see from Mac Jones in terms of, okay, this is a little bit of growth from, from where he was last year. Is there anything in particular that you would like to see different about his performance, whether it's aggressiveness or, uh, I don't know, the way that he's reading things? Anything in particular? Well, what I'd like to see him is feel more comfortable in the pocket which is something we haven't seen for the first two weeks. So you're talking about, like, what from last year to this year? I'm just talking about from, from the last two weeks to now. Because to me, that's been stark. And, you know, again, it's all 11. So I'm not putting it all on Mac, but it's pretty clear. And you guys have been there. He's not that comfortable. And he hasn't seen things great. He hasn't been all that happy with his performance and those people around him. I would just like to see some level of comfort and confidence, you know, to say, all right, that was a little low. We had a tough couple of weeks, but, you know, this is a guy I believe in. Um, I think he's a pretty good quarterback, and, you know, I think even with all the stuff circling around him, I think he is smart enough and certainly accurate enough to, to still maintain some level of control and poise, and that's, that's really what I want to see more than anything. I'm more than pushing the ball down the field, any of that stuff. That's what I want to see. Mike, we've spent a lot of time talking about the offense, but – the defense is a unit that I think has a lot of questions in its own right. And I'm going to ask you, a, 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 I think is an interesting question. I'll let you be the judge of that. But if after a couple of weeks of practice, I said to you, the Patriots' best defensive player in 2022 will be and the Patriots' worst defensive player in 2022 will be, what would your answers be? 
long, dramatic pause. Not quite seven <laughs> seconds like Belichick gave me the other day. Um, you can tell me, don't worry about it, too. <laughs> don't you worry about it. <laughs> it's like, we're just looking for a little bit of clarity on this. Great, great. Thank you. Yeah. Um, look, it should be, I, I think it should be Barmore. Uh, I okay. think physically he's really gifted. The the one thing I think that's been interesting, though, again, through the first couple weeks of camp is he, he hasn't been an every-down guy. He's still been more of a sub guy. Um, and I, I would like to see I, – I think he's obviously supremely talented on all fronts, and I'd like to see him out there more. So um, maybe they're still telling us they don't feel like he is as mature a run defender as they would like it to be. And then I don't know if a part-time player uh, can be your – your best player, and mm-hmm. I. Uh, there's another one. I can. It's easy for me. Adrian Phillips. I think Adrian Phillips is just rock solid. And does that get people excited? No, but like from a week to week basis, I think over the last couple of years, he's probably been your best player defensively. So I don't see any reason why that would change going forward. As for who your worst player is going to be, to tell me about the linebackers, like I, you know, there's this raving about the speed that they bring to the table, and I, you know, I read some things today and and heard some things over the weekend about Mac Wilson and his performance. Always everywhere, I didn't think Mac Wilson played very well. So he's fast. He got to the ball. He made some tackles, but like I thought he was pretty inconsistent. I thought Raquan McMillan, another guy they've talked up quite a bit, looked like just another guy out there. Cameron McGrone, who I thought, you know, in the in the off season, people were talking about like he was the next coming of Teddy Bruschi. I know he hasn't played a game in, in 20 months or whatever it's been, but he didn't look very good either. So, like, that that level of your defense scares the crap out of me, and it wouldn't surprise me if we saw, you know, four safeties on the field and, and Duggar and, and, and Phillips are essentially playing linebacker in that group. As a proponent of the four safety personnel group, <laughs> I agree with that. And, yeah, I thought that Mac Wilson and Cameron McGrone got lost a couple times in coverage. And uh, that was not fun to see. On a slightly more positive note, maybe, depending, uh, to kind of close things out, uh, Marcus Jones has really come on in the last couple of weeks, basically since training camp started. And you know, there was some speculation, okay, maybe he didn't play because they think that he's a starter in the slot, or maybe they didn't play him on Thursday because they're not sure if he's ready for contact. Uh, do, you, do you have any idea of what that might mean for Marcus Jones? Might we actually see him uh, make an early push for starter snaps and see Jonathan Jones potentially be an outside corner more than the slot guy he's always been? Well, I think that they've coming are, have been coming to the realization that, that the idea of Terrence Mitchell and or Malcolm Butler at this juncture on the opposite side from Jalen Mills, and just think about that sentence for a second, um, <laughs> that those guys aren't, aren't ready yet or may never be ready. You know, I, and I would say not ready yet in terms of Malcolm because, look, he just hasn't played for a long time. So, you know, I, I, I still believe that there's a potential for him to find a different gear and kick off some of this rust. But I think Mitchell is what Mitchell is, right? And that's if you have to put him in there, you at least know he's had starting experience and there's some confidence in that, but you also know what his ceiling is as a player. He's not going to change fundamentally who he is as a player. So I think they look at this situation now, and I think that's why we saw Marcus in the slot and John Jones kicked outside last week before the, the, the actual game itself was because they're saying, all right, well, who are our best guys? And right now maybe they're looking at it and saying, well, John's probably capable of doing this. You know, certainly he plays in the slot a lot, but guys move around. You have to cover guys in space. He's got great quickness and speed. Looks like he's getting his timing back as well after missing the better part of last year with the injury. So why not give that a run, uh, you know, and and see if Marcus can hold up on the inside like that. I mean, certainly uh, you have to be impressed with the kid considering he didn't do a ton in OTAs, you know, not not physically ready for a lot of that stuff. And I think he has shown up every day in camp and looks a little bit better each day. So, you know, I don't know if he can continue that sort of upward trend, but you've got to feel good about what you've seen from him and, to a lesser degree, Jack Jones so far. Mike, uh, I always appreciate when you join our shows, and I feel like I've done a disservice to you and your fans in recent appearances where I haven't asked you a Jimmy Garoppolo question. (laughs) And therefore, we're going to end on a high note here delve into your uh, topic of true expertise how many games does jimmy garoppolo play this year and where does he play him well i mean there was a there was a brief moment on uh what was it friday night saturday night whatever the hell that was the jets when when yep. zach went down and then you're looking at it going 
Well, he's got experience with with Michael Floor, the offensive coordinator there. He's got experience with Robert Sala, and that might make a lot of sense for a team that I think, even though they still are a ways away, there might be some pressure to win sooner rather than later with that group. So immediately I kind of went there for a second, and then obviously it looks like uh, they'll see when they get in on his knee, but it it looks like more like a two- to four-week injury, so that would sort of preclude that. I think he's stuck in a position now where – I guess aside from waiting for what could happen in Cleveland with Watson and the and the settlement, suspension, whatever's happening there, he's waiting for an injury, you know? And the, 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 the problem with that, too, is then the clock's ticking on when that contract becomes guaranteed. Mm-hmm. I think it's the first week of September uh, that it actually becomes fully guaranteed. So they're, they're not going to want to carry that money uh, when they've got them listed fourth on their depth chart and won't let them practice with the team. So... Um, it's going to be coming to a head soon, but I think there's some frustration there that there's not a lot of opportunity available and there doesn't seem to be a lot of movement. I mean, why, if you're a team, why are you going to trade for him when you know he's going to get cut? Right. I so unless, like I said, unless somebody gets hurt in the next two weeks with a major injury, then, yeah, he's, you're just going to wait for him to get cut. And then if you're, if you're interested in, in having a guy with starting experience come into your organization and try to have to pick things up quickly, there you go. He is NFL Network's Mike Giardi, expert on the Patriots, the NFL, the most versatile man in sports media, in my opinion, and certainly knows more about Jimmy Garoppolo than virtually anybody that doesn't have the last name Garoppolo. Mike, uh, appreciate you joining us on a uh, Sunday afternoon. I hope you get some downtime like uh, Bill Belichick the rest of the weekend, and we will uh, we'll see you soon in Foxborough. Free Jimmy, guys. Free Jimmy. <laughs> Thanks, Mike. Mike. Enjoy the rest of your day. That's Mike Giardi uh, giving us the ins and outs of all things Patriots. Uh, uh, I particularly enjoyed the very beginning of the interview where he simply laughed at the open-ended question about the Patriots (laughs) coaching staff, offensive coaching staff. We will uh, chew on some of the meat that he gave us to chew on, and it's particularly the uh, training of Joe Judge for next year when maybe Matt Patricia has to have a different role and all that that he uh, gave us to percolate on. This is Fitzy and Hart. We are live at Fenway Park for the next hour plus as we head into the late, latter part of Sunday afternoon. I'm Andy Hart. He's Kyrie Thompson from WEEI.com. We will be back right after this quick break. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. You're listening to Fitzy and Hart on Boston Sports Original, WEEI. Hart here at Fenway Park. I'm Andy Hart, joined by Kyrie Thompson, who apparently has requested all Sound Garden. Yeah, I, I, I did uh, want I did want to shout out my appreciation for uh, coming in with the day I tried to live uh, during the last segment. We just we just had Mike Giardi coming in, so uh, I wasn't able to properly express that. But uh, much love for that. I was go- I was going to sing for you. Uh, show off the golden pipes, but uh, guess we're not going to be able to do that. Now. Yeah, we can save that for another day. We can, you know, people, leave people wanting more. I think so. We'll uh, we'll leave that on the uh, on the grill warming up. Uh, speaking of Mike Giardi, I thought he brought up something really interesting with the this idea that the the Joe Judge 
play calling, is preparation maybe for uh, the future, that he's being groomed and that Matt Patricia is maybe just the placeholder right now. It's like pause, they're being groomed. (laughs) And And then he even threw in sort of a specific scenario that maybe Gerard Mayo leaves next year. And that maybe Matt Patricia goes back to the defensive side of the ball to work with Steve Belichick, his actual area of expertise. And while I think it's logical, you can you can sell it to me that it makes sense. I don't love it right now because, as I said to Mike, okay, we're planning for the future. How about we plan for the present? How about we try to win this year and have the best case scenario this year and prepare everybody properly for this year? Forget about. We started with Hein Bloom talking about next year and bridge years, so we're just bridging things here with the Patriots' offensive coaching staff to the future. Yeah, I mean, it's like it's kind of like the the Mac Jones point that was mentioned right there. It's kind of like, yeah, let, let's forget talking about what he's going to look like in the regular season. How about we figure out what Mac Jones is going to look like two weeks from now, mm. or, or rather, or rather, what, what's he going to look like right now, like when they when they face the Panthers right this week in joint practices and in preseason potentially. And, and I feel like from that standpoint, when you think about it that way, it's kind of interesting. So yeah, you, you could have that scenario where, you know, Joe, okay, we're just going to give you some reps because it's preseason game one. You call plays for Bailey Zappi during practice anyway. Why not just go ahead, see what it's like. And it's not like they've never done that before. It's like they've had like, oh yeah, we had Gerard Mayo call some plays this time, but you know, Steve, Belichick is going to call them during the regular season. You know, it kind of is what it is. Say that, you know, it, that you could put it on your resume later or like I can reference like how you call plays, now you attack certain things during the preseason, even though you weren't the guy. But again, there, there's part of that thing though, where it's like you have, there's, there's just like too much riding on regular season football and like actually winning regular season games. They matter so much that it's like, why are you playing around with something that you're not going to use? Right, that is not going to matter when the games actually count. Why are you doing that right now? You only have three preseason games anyway. If this were preseason game four, maybe I don't like in the old setup. Maybe I wouldn't care as much. Mm-hmm. But it, it is weird. I did actually think about the whole Matt Patricia maybe being the defensive coordinator next year thing as well. Um, though I think part of the the interesting thing about the coaching situation they've got now is that they don't have to pay those guys. Well, Matt Patricia is going to come off Detroit's books here after this season, right. I believe. So then, I mean, you have to go through the whole process of hiring. You can't just elevate him to that position without interviewing people. Like, yeah, maybe Patricia could be your guy anyway, right? I mean, Bill's going to get his way if he wants to get his way. But you, you've got to go through that process now, whereas maybe you don't have to go through it with Joe Judge. So maybe that is something you could keep in mind. You could keep him as a lowly assistant for another year. So... I might understand this more if Matt Patricia had any experience as an offensive coordinator. Yeah. Like he's a placeholder. Joe's not quite ready. But they're kind of the same guy. As much as Patricia has called plays defensively. So I guess that gives him a leg up over Judge. But otherwise, if Judge is going to be the play, if you envision a world where Judge is the play caller next year to the point where you're using a significant portion of your first preseason game to prepare him for that role then I'd almost just rather rip the Band-Aid off. Just have him do it now. Because I, mean, I mean, why play around with that if... So Mac Jones is going to have three voices in three consecutive years? Is that good? Not so good, Bob. That, that's what I mean. So I, I, I trust Giardi, his instincts, his information, all of that. So it, I would not rule this out at all. No. But it's another aspect of this process. And Bill has dubbed it a process. So I'm just going to stick with that now. This whole damn thing is a process. It's another aspect of the process that I don't really care for. That I don't really see necessarily the logic behind because it's, no. it, it just doesn't seem like a productive process right now. And I know he told us not to worry about it, but Bill, that's our jobs. It's kind of what we do. We cover the pages. That's literally what we get paid for. We talk about them. We write about them. The ideas, the pros, the cons of nearly every move, every player, everything. So we are worrying about it. And I also would get back to... I mentioned this to you yesterday, the one point where he got defensive in this whole discussion, and we will take this into the next hour a little bit as well, this this idea that what do you need to see, Bill? I don't need to see anything. Well, I didn't say I don't need to see anything, right? It's a process. Well, why, why are you getting defensive? If, if you're not worried about it, we're not supposed to worry about it. Why does it feel like you're getting a little defensive there when I ask you what you need to see to figure out who's calling plays? So um, 
This whole situation, I continue to not totally understand. I'm quite honest and open with that fact. We can talk about it for hours at end, and I'll let you. I still think Matt Patricia's calling plays. Yep. But how we get to that end game and why we're getting kind of taking this weird route, that 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 road in San Francisco, that really back and forth snaking road. Or if you want to talk, that. you want to talk about uh, the the roads in the hills of Puerto Rico, where not only are they really windy and up in the hills, but they're narrow as hell and they have no guardrails. So if you fall off, you're kind of in trouble. Mm, that that seems like a good analogy for what's going on right now with the Patriots offense. This is Fitzy and Hart. He is Kyrie Thompson, WEEI.com. I'm Andy Hart. We're heading into our fourth and final hour of the Fitzy and Hart program live from Fenway Park in our Ford Fenway Clubhouse studios. Back after this. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. <sighs> spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 